If the modern era can be defined by a single question, it would be whether or not man is capable of self-government. Of all the ages in history, the question of self-rule has never been asked more often and more sincerely than during the last five hundred years. From the expansion westward during the Age of Exploration to the English Civil War, from the Enlightenment and the French and American Revolutions to the rise of industrialism, the question that continually surfaced was whether men were capable of ruling their own destinies and cooperating with each other in a civil, mutually beneficial way. The theme is best seen in what might be considered the era's central event, both chronologically and symbolically, the creation of the United States of America. As Alexander Hamilton stated at the opening of Federalist No. 1, the creation of the new nation was a process to decide the important question whether societies of men are really capable or not of establishing good government from reflection and choice, or whether they are forever destined to depend for their political constitutions on accident and force. That is, in short, the story of the modern era, and it can be seen in almost all major developments therein. Of course, the concept of self-rule has always been part of the Western tradition, with roots in early Judaism and Christianity. Athenian democracy, and the Roman Republic. The Stoics were perhaps the greatest proponents of self-rule, dedicated as they were to discipline and self-control. But it was only in the modern era that the idea of self-governance became a driving force in culture, capable of shaping the hearts and minds of the public at large, guiding customs, and altering social organization altogether. Whereas self-rule had been promoted theoretically and rather disingenuously in the past, now people were willing to put it into practice. It had become compelling and real. The catalyst for this breakthrough cannot be mistaken. Shortly after 1500, a small book had begun to circulate that included a letter from a little-known naval observer named Amerigo Vespucci. It recounted the recent westward explorations of Christopher Columbus and others, and bore the provocative title Mundus Novus, New World. The words alone ignite the imagination. But what did they mean? To be sure, Vespucci asserted that Columbus had been wrong when he claimed to have reached India on his voyages in the 1490s. According to Vespucci, rather, the islands that Columbus and his men discovered signified a new continent, which had previously been undiscovered and unsettled. It was, in a very real sense, a mundus novus. Monumental as it stands in retrospect, this was the decisive event of the period, splitting into two distinct parts the age that preceded it and the age that followed. Prior to the discovery, there was medieval Christendom, faith, feudalism. After, there was modernity, science, capitalism. An entire culture had suddenly turned itself in a new direction. This change was especially apparent with regard to the question of self-rule. Prior to the discovery, the question had been settled. Men were incapable of self-rule, and at least some form of hierarchical government was needed to maintain peace and order. Whence the feudal system of medieval civilization? After the discovery, however, critical doubts began to form about the legitimacy of the system as it stood, and almost as soon as word spread of the discovery of the new world, ideas of individualism, personal autonomy, and self-governance flooded the Western spirit and forever changed the world.